Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. It's time to make that money. This is the All In Podcast with Mike, Jeff, and Ryan on 97.3 ESPN and 97.3 ESPN.com. Well, it is the All In Podcast here on 97.3 ESPN, and our motto, gentlemen, is make that money. And if you're listening to our podcast, I don't know if anybody has helped you make more money over the last two weeks than one Mike Gill. Mike Gill here along with Jeff Mosher, Ryan Rothstein, the All In Podcast. Mike, you are on fire. You are sizzling right now, and I think that all of our listeners of our podcast need to know that you right now are the hot hand we all need to ride. For now, hopefully it sticks. Yeah, uh, had a big uh, 15 out of 16 weekend. And last night on the baseball game, down 3-1, saw uh, the Nationals at plus 550. I'm big on the value bets. So because of uh, the the plus 550, saw value enough there to say, hey, I can throw 20-50 on the Nats in the event that they come back, and I prospered. When did you get them at plus 550? They were in the eighth inning. It was eighth inning, 3-1 in the eighth. You got to really just – They'll rotate almost by pitch because they rotate on count, thinking about what pitch is going to come. Right. So if it's a 0-1 count, it might, and then it might change as the count changes. So you can really see it flashing a lot if you can get in there and lock it in when you feel comfortable. You know, it's a beautiful it's a, it's a thing. Good way to try to bet small but make big. Now, was there a cash out option on that one that you decided <laughs> to not? I got to be honest. Deal or no deal. Once I was watching. A little bit of the game, I was flipping back and forth with the profit last night, uh-huh. and of I wasn't paying attention to the app and the the cash out option as much as like I typically would. But I don't know, so I don't know. But I funny because I locked, I hit a soccer bet last week, six for six, um, all six soccer games, um, and I put a soccer bet in for this weekend's games as well. And they already have a cash out option for me. Like, right. if you want to get out of this bet, like it only costs you three bucks. So. Well, we're, we're going to exploit the hell out of Mike Gill today. I mean, we're all, we're obviously going to do the Eagles game. We're going to go through NFL games. We're going to give our locks of the week, which was another big hit for both you, Ryan Rossing, and Mike Gill last week. And then Mike's going to give us since he's so hot in the college game. A Nine little out later. of ten college games I hit Saturday. Nine, imagine if he had just hit that tenth. I feel like uh, the, you know you bring home the test and you get a ninety eight, and I'm like the dad who said what happened to the other two. You do seem like that dad, yeah. But, you know, we're talking about big money here. So, Mike, what happened to that last game? You know what's funny? I hit the 9 out of 10, and I kind of was like, all right, you know, I can't stay awake. The last game I bet was Nevada, <laughs> a home uh, favorite. Uh-huh. And admittedly, I don't have a lot of information or insight on Hawaii or Nevada. But Nevada at home, the late night game, I went to bed. I woke up. They lost 52-3. to three. Oh, So, man. it was like, you won nine straight, but the last one you are going to get – Whipped on, sickening. <laughs> I never had a shot in that game. I was going to say you'd rather have that than the game that's you know tied with yeah. two seconds left and you lose on a field goal, and that would have been like a ten-game parlay. You yeah. know, at least you knew early. You went to bed. <laughs> All right, another team that's probably going to go to bed soon is the Jets. I mean, they are just in dire straits. They got the Eagles this weekend here in Philadelphia at the link. Right now, the Jets are thirteen and a half point dogs. If you can Eagles. find it. I, mean, I got that on places, DraftKings right now. I'm, I'm looking at Caesars. Okay. They don't have it yet because of the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. There's another game, Bills, this week, the quarterback situation, so I haven't seen a line from Caesars. We're all kind of making sure we look at different lines to keep the people out there who have different apps or right. places they use. But you find it on DraftKings. I have Caesars. They have no line yet, and I think you said you have DraftKings as well. well but make yeah. sure yeah. you're looking. I would think – I actually would think that 13-and-a-half – 
reflects a Sam Darnold line. And if we get concrete information that Luke Falk is definitely going to start, that that line yeah, is only going to get bigger. it sounds bigger, more like Darnold is out? No, it sounds I, I more it, like that they got disappointing information on Darnold. Don't you think the Eagles are probably two touchdown favorites over the Jets with Sam Darnold because of all their other injuries going on? Oh, I, I mean, you're asking me straight up. Let's start this thing. Yeah, I love the Eagles this week. They've been in a lot of close, tight games. They had the extra couple days, and I feel like the Jets, who had a bye last week, mm-hmm. are just in a complete disarray. they got to come on the road. We know the stat. They've never beaten the Eagles 0-10 in their existence. Right. I feel like this is a game where the Eagles, people were doubting them. They had a big road win, and now they come home, and it's like this is our time to kind of get that, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the momentum under us to get people swaying back. Well, maybe the Eagles aren't as bad as we thought. Yeah, or, let's, you know? yeah. let's talk about all the advantages. A, they're the better team in general. Most people thought going into the year the Eagles were a Super Bowl contender and the Jets are just trying to get their legs under them with a new coach and a couple of new additions and things of that nature. But since then – the Jets have been beat up everywhere at quarterback position. They've been beat up on the offensive line. Their best, or at least their highest paid player, Tremaine Johnson, has been an absolute abject failure for them. They have a very leaky secondary. They lost Avery Williams, one of their Williams from one of their corners in the in the preseason. And right now they don't know if Sam Darnold's going to be ready to play from his mono, and it may have to be their third string quarterback, Luke Falk. So well, that's why I say 13 and a half to me almost reflects the idea that Sam Darnold's going to play. And if Luke Falk gets officially announced as the starter anytime between when we record this podcast right now, Wednesday morning, and game time, that line might go even higher. Yeah, it might go higher. I- I'm not looking too much into the Sam Darnold mono situation, guys. Uh-huh. Like, it's maybe right up before game time. You see it go from, depending on where you're looking, 14 to 12, 13 and a half to 12 and a half. Like one point here or there as we get closer to the game, but this game is what it is. Another- you don't think it might go to fourteen or fifteen if you get an announcement that David uh, that Luke Falk is definitely the starter. It might. Yeah. It depends where the money goes all week and when that announcement comes. Does it come today? I know Wednesdays are a big moving day for injuries and updates for every right. team. So right. later today, we're recording this Wednesday morning. Maybe we get more information and that line does shift a little bit. But for this matchup. I don't think it matters. No, it doesn't. I, it doesn't matter. The Eagles are 10 and 0 all time against the Jets. Yeah. Undefeated. 10 and 0. Correct. It's going to take a massive Herculean effort for the Jets to get that number from 0 to 1. I, I would agree with you. I'm not even going to even talk about the money line because it's, no. it's there's no value in it whatsoever unless you're the type of person who has such disposable income that you want to put money on the Jets and say that they're going to either cover, even covering. No, money line is not good. Money line, you, you wouldn't do it. I mean, plus five five twenty five is good value, but that's throwing it's not your good money value away. because the Jets are garbage. Well, yeah, that's what know? I'm saying. You're yeah. throwing your money away. It's just a right. nice, pretty number, but you're throwing your money away. The the big one I wonder about. I think the all right. So I think we we all agree that thirteen and a half is a good number for the Eagles. And if we had our life savings to bet, we would bet it on the Eagles to cover at thirteen and a half. But I think here's an opportunity, Ryan, where some of your favorite game prop bets really come into play. You get the Eagles by winning by seven to twelve. If you took home team wins by seven to twelve on DraftKings, that's a plus four ten. 13 to 18 is a plus three fifty, and nineteen to twenty four is plus four forty. So I'm of the mindset here that 
you could take, say, 50 bucks and throw it down on each of it. You're going to bet 150, but the lowest you're going to win out of that is 225 at 13 to 18 at plus 350. So you're still going to mm-hmm. make money. So if you want a guaranteed shot to make money, right? Yeah. As close to guaranteed as I can say, I would say throw 50 or whatever you want to throw down on home team to win by 7 and 12, home team to win by 13 and 18, home team to win by 19 and 24, because the odds are so good. If you believe, if you really firmly believe the Eagles are going to win between seven and twenty-four points, you're going to win money here. Yeah, even not, losing on the other two bets. It's a nice little workaround yeah. for the guy that wants to have action and wants to also have insurance on his action. So it's interesting on those bets, though. You can, you can obviously get you know screwed a little bit uh-huh. if you go seven to what seven to twelve, thirteen to eighteen, nineteen to twenty-four, and the Jets like back you late in garbage time or something, but right. that's the risk you take when you gamble. How do you feel about the total, Mike? This is the one area where I'm a little reticent just because I could see the Jets not scoring any points, and the total is 44.5. That's pretty low for an NFL game. I mean, middle. Yeah, it's middle of the pack. Uh, I mean, normally when the Eagles play, the score is going to exceed 44.5 points. I'm sure it has in almost every game they've played this year, except for maybe the Atlanta game. Although, no, the Atlanta game was probably right up, right up around that, but I don't know the Jets are going to score any points in this game, and I don't. I'm not going to put the Eagles on on scoring 45. Yeah, one area that you know the Eagles struggle is against the pass. The Jets, if Falk plays, especially, don't have a very uh, dynamic pass game. What they do have is Le'Veon Bell, who does a great job of catching the ball out of the backfield. It's an area where the Eagles have struggled in the past. Guys like Chris Thompson have kind of you know beaten them up, you know catching the ball in the wheel route and stuff underneath, but. The Eagles like to give up stuff underneath, so I think this offense sets up pretty well for them. They don't have that guy that really beats you over the top, plus they don't have the quarterback there. Bell's a good runner. They haven't really utilized him as like a 30-carry kind of guy. So, And the Eagles, by the way, defend the run pretty well, so I find it very difficult to believe that the Jets are going to be in the 20s in this game. So right. uh, if you're going under that assumption – um, I, I probably like the under a little bit here. Jets play decent defense at times. I mean, if they are focused for the full game, they played well defensively in the first half against the Browns. They kind of fell apart in the second half against the Browns. They still only gave up 23. They gave up 17 to the Bills, and they gave up 30 to the Patriots. So mm-hmm. their defense is not awful. So this kind of has one of those, like, 27-10 kind of feels to the – which uh, what's the what's the actual number? Thirteen and a half. No, the oh, over, the total uh, is forty-four and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the under. If I'm going off, uh, based you know, based on the matchup, styles make fights. They don't throw the ball all that well. They right. The Eagles defend the run pretty well, uh, and their defense is it's not bad. The Jets' defense isn't awful, so I like the under. I like the under as well, but I don't know only because of some freak things and the way the Eagles sometimes can give up big plays, even when they play well. That I just. I'd like to stay. I'd rather just take the points there for the Eagles to cover, and then maybe, like I mentioned, one of those props where they win by either seven to twelve, or thirteen to eighteen, or nineteen to twenty-four. Then try to figure out the total of this game. Is uh, is Deshaun Jackson going to play? Do you have any updates, Jeff, with that? I know Wednesday, like I said earlier, is the day. Is he going to be in pads today? Is he? Right. What is the likelihood we today, see him? But. Yeah, we we have to wait for more information. My, my gut tells me that there he's going to try to to play. Okay. But um, especially with the – and that's another thing that we didn't really mention that goes into this game is that the Eagles 
coming off that big win in Green Bay, had extra time to prepare for. I think it's a ten day turnaround Even for them. The Jets have a bye too, so yeah, the Jets are coming off a bye. That that as well. But they didn't. That bye doesn't help them because unless Sam Darnold plays, it pretty much all their injuries were major injuries. Yeah, right? their bye has been filled with kind of questions about whether Darnold was going to play or not. And, right. and the information that we got yesterday was they were kind of disappointed disappointed with what they heard. Yeah. So uh, I would then just stay away. I would bet the under if I had to, but it, I'm more prone to just looking at the, the line, looking at the props of how much the Eagles could win by and going that and not trying to mess with the total too much or taking Eagles under or Eagles over. Yeah, the last update here on Wednesday uh-huh. uh, from the Jets people is cleared for non-contract, not as far along as they hope, and right. that not ideal is what Adam Gase said because of the uncertainty. If you get to Wednesday and you still don't know if your quarterback can play after he hasn't played, Mono's not one of those things you just get off the bed, shake off, and get out there and play a game. You're still a little like you might not have it in the system, right. but you got to kind of rebuild the 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 windpipes back. Sure. Up. So, so and, if he's not ready to practice today, uh-huh. I would anticipate that Falk would be the guy on Sunday. Right. And in the same vein, uh, taking the sickness out of it, Sam Darnold is not the caliber of quarterback yet. Where you say that's okay if he does. It's not like Aaron Rodgers right. or Peyton Manning. Where yeah. all right, he'll miss the entire week, but I know on Sunday he'll be ready to go. So, again, that just screams Eagles 13-and-a-half. If you can get that number when you listen to this podcast, jump all over Yeah, it. before it goes up. Yeah, before <laughs> it goes up. All right, uh, let's go on to some other NFL games because uh, this is a weird week in the NFL, and we're coming off of a strange week in which a lot of road teams won, a lot of unders were hit on games you thought were going to be the over, a lot of overs were hit on games you thought were going to be the under. Uh, a couple of games that stick out to me is we've got the Ravens, Coming off that really bad home loss to the Browns, going into Pittsburgh, getting th- I'm sorry, giving three and a half to the Steelers, who now all of a sudden have life after beating the Bengals at home and looking pretty good in it. I I think this game is going to be a close game. I, I I'm the Ravens are gi- are given three and a half, but I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not ready to say that. Just because I'm, I was never ready to put the Steelers out of it, even at 0-3. And, and even though beating the Bengals is no great feat, it does seem like they found something there in that game. Do By the way, uh, the, the last week, week four, 11-4 road teams mm, were. That's, that's almost 80%. It's, it's like 75%. No week has been higher in 30 NFL years. Wow. Vegas, oh, would, Vegas would like to personally thank all road teams Seriously. last week. <laughs> uh, yeah. How do you feel about that game, Ravens? Steelers. Um, we do a segment on the radio show called Who's In, Who's Out, and right. I kept Baltimore as my team that I like in still based on – I just think they're, you know, still a good team. You have bad games over the course of the year. Now, to have a bad game at home like that is a little concerning, but mm-hmm. the Steelers – I don't know. The Bengals are just bad. I don't think the Steelers look like, wow, they've really got it together, unless you really feel like, okay, Mason Rudolph, they got to – because Juju Smith-Schuster is their guy, and he doesn't really seem like he's a big part of this offense right now because he's a spread-the-field kind of guy. Right. And they can't really – everything they're doing with Mason Rudolph is kind of an underneath type of thing, which I think kind of plays into the Ravens' defense's hands in this situation. I mean, one of the things about this this rivalry that's always so good, you got Roethlisberger making plays and improvising and Antonio Brown. I don't think the Steelers have that dynamic – fit in their offense with Rudolph right now. Maybe mm-hmm. as this season goes on, uh, that might change. But ultimately, uh, to start this thing off, I kind of think that Baltimore coming off the loss refocuses itself. And, you know, 
uh, to start things off. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, though. I was a little surprised by that because Pittsburgh comes off the win. So yeah. I, I might like Pittsburgh because these games are always kind of tight and close, but I think Baltimore's the better team. So it's a this one's kind of interesting to kind of uh, get off the ground. By the way, the total on that is 44. So I was going to ask you, Ryan, if that more jumps out at you than the actual line. It's exactly what I was going to say, Jeff. And the, the total, whenever the Ravens and Steelers play, for me – it's the under. It just screams the under. It, Raven Steelers. I don't care who's on the team. Mm-hmm. It just it screams a ten seven game to me every time these two meet. And Baltimore's one and three against the spread. By the way, so it's another mm-hmm. them being a road favorite here kind of screams that uh, that that would be the case. Yeah, six of the last eight Raven Steelers games, guys, have gone under, and the underdogs in this matchup particularly have covered the spread in six of the last seven games between the Ravens and Steelers. Mm-hmm. Steelers have also won. 15 of their last 17 games against AFC North opponents. Now, we know that they're not the the typical Steelers this year. A lot of those wins are of the Steelers from the past. And Big Ben on the sideline, we all know everything that's going on there. But if I'm going to bet this game, I got to go the under. The only interesting thing to me on that stat is, and I saw the same information you did, but the two or three games that stand out that really hit the over, as far like 2017, it was 39-38 Steelers. That was in Pittsburgh, all right? In 2016, there was a 31-27 Pittsburgh win. Mm -hmm. That was in Pittsburgh. This game is in Pittsburgh. So uh, that's the only thing that gives me pause, but I do think the longer – if you look at it in a bigger, not just the last two years, they are generally under 40, 44 – I'm sorry, under 44 points. And to me, it's a safer pick right now. Yeah. I don't know who's going to win that game. Well, which offense under. is Pittsburgh? The one in San Francisco that looked awful or the one against Balt, uh, Cincinnati on Monday night that was very short, quick, passes underneath, a lot of stuff. Connor and uh, Samuels, you know, they got the running game. They use a yeah, little, a little wildcat, wildcat stuff. So they're they're seemingly evolving this offense as Rudolph is now their guy. Yeah, they are. And I think that they did find something there, but now they play the Ravens. And I just, in general, when these teams play each other, especially the first time of the year, it to me it tends to be a, a lower scoring game than the second time. Like, for example, two years ago they had that 39-38 game. That was the December game. In October there was a 26-9 win by the Steelers. So that's only, uh, what, 34 points right there. So I do. I think for this first game, that feeling out game, I would take the under on the 44. Uh, another really interesting game based on what happened last week are the Bucks going to New Orleans, getting three and a half. Saints coming off a big win against the Cowboys, but the Bucks coming off an even bigger win in L.A. against the Rams where they put up 55 points. The Bucs may have had something here. You know, they that, that Carolina game that they won ugly on a Thursday night, I think we just thought that was two ugly teams. But now you see that Carolina can play some defense. They're, they're not that bad. Uh, they're getting competent play out of Kyle Allen now and starting to win a little bit. So maybe the Bucs are a little bit better and starting to come into their own and Chris Godwin having 174 receiving yards. Can they go into New Orleans and at least cover the three and a half that they're getting? Well, you know, Arians is a guy that I like as a coach, and mm-hmm. maybe now at the quarter pole, he's starting to get some of his stuff in there, you know, in terms of in their heads, getting it like more um, believing in them. Where I thought Winston was excellent last week. Now, we went back five weeks ago and talked about Winston, you know, whether he we should believe in him, and he was terrible in a game, what, week one or week two, and we're like, okay, if he can't get it right with Arians, and but maybe a couple of weeks in, it took 
to get him going there. If their offense plays like it did, you know, they were a hot team a year ago. Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, uh, O.J. Howard. I mean, they have weapons on that team. And by the way, a year ago, they went into New Orleans season opener and won 48-40. to So, Mm. yeah. So, I I like – I I think Tampa is an interesting team here. Uh, This is a game that didn't even start on the board. I mean, it was off the board to kind of start, and uh, there were some thoughts that it could be – Buccaneers plus five and a half, plus six. Three and a half is interesting. Like, I think there's some good value with Tampa Bay uh, at that number there. So, um, yeah, they've won on the road last week at L.A. Yeah, minus 112 on DraftKings at three and a half. And there was a lot of people that kind of overreacted to Drew Brees. They've won two in a row. But um, Tampa Bay has a history of going in this building and winning, so maybe they keep it close. I like the three and a half for Tampa. Tampa Bay plus 160 in the money line. You like that? No. No, uh, I don't either. I, I think that <laughs> I think the Saints win this game. I, I think the Saints right now all around are the, are the best team in the NFC. Do they cover three they and a half? They didn't score a touchdown last week. No, they did not. Uh, four field goals in an ugly game, but you know we didn't hold that against the Cowboys too much. I'm certainly not going to hold it against the Saints in a winning effort. Right. Uh, you know, styles of fights change week to week. I think the Saints have done an excellent job winning without their Hall of Famer, Drew Brees, against Tampa Bay. I think that's not the norm that we saw Tampa Bay against the Rams. I think they go into New Orleans and struggle a little bit. Keep it close, but I don't expect them to cover when it's all said and done. What about the under? I'm sorry, the total, 47. By the way, Tampa Both has of these scored 81, uh, 86 points in their last two games. So <laughs> can the Saints keep up with that? That's a big question. Yeah. I guess you have to be convinced that the Tampa offense really is coming into its own or that you can look at it and say they just they really hit it against the Rams and they played the Giants the week before and they hadn't they had made the quarterback change and that was a back and forth game. I do feel like when you look at the Tampa offense now, it's weird because they've been Jekyll and Hyde. They had two hundred and ninety five yards in the first game, two hundred and eighty nine yards in the second game, but then four ninety nine against the Giants and four sixty four against the Rams. So I don't know what to, what Tampa Bay team to expect. It's, you have to – you're right. We don't know what to expect, and maybe Tampa Bay shuts me up at least with this game against the Saints, but it's same old Tampa Bay in my opinion. You mentioned last year they go into New Orleans, right, Jeff, and they mm-hmm. knock off the Saints in a big game. I feel like that game this year for them is the Rams game we just saw. Right. It seems like Tampa Bay is able to surprise people early on every year and they fall off the cliff Big difference. face first. Yeah. Big difference in this game. Yeah. Bruce Arians is a guy that I think the league respects and is a very good coach. So uh, those teams there were coached by guys that just probably aren't guys that are going to get recycled and rehired True. someplace else. Yeah. The coaching matters, and I think Arians is a big difference why that trend changes. All right, let's move on to the last one that I thought was really fascinating, again, given last week's events. Uh, Green Bay getting three and a half at Dallas. Now, Dallas has not run the ball as much as they have in the past, but if they've watched Green Bay, if they watched tape of the Eagles game and the week before when they played the Vikings and the Vikings lost but rolled up a lot, you you figure this is going to be, to me, this is a player prop game, and whatever you can get Ezekiel Elliott, 50-80, you take it. You (laughs) You take the over on it. Well, I wrote down three games on my sheet of paper here in Chicken Scratch, uh-huh. and that is one of them that I, I like. I like Dallas in this game, minus three and a half. I think we saw Green Bay can't stop the run, and if I'm Dallas and I have Zeke Elliott and I watch the Eagles last week, he gets 30 carries this week, and we just go at them and tell you, tell the Packers defense, you figure out a way to tackle us, and I think Dallas at the three and a half is a great value. Right. I'm going the opposite. I like Green Bay. If you're giving me Green Bay with the points, I have them. It's in Dallas, too, right? I, yeah, it's in Dallas. It's in Dallas, which 
not much of a home field advantage there. That's like a, a not shopping not a home field mall. advantage there, but there is a home field advantage in Green Bay. That's my point. If the game was in Green Bay, I might feel a little different. Although they couldn't stop the Eagles there. Yeah, either. I get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But if, for both teams coming off losses, Dallas. Not a great loss. I'm not going to crush him for it, but that was their one opportunity to kind of shut some of the critics up without Drew Brees and, and the Saints. Didn't do it. Now Green Bay here coming off a loss. They have a couple extra days to prepare and rest. I like Green Bay to cover, if not win outright. Wow. Okay, I like Dallas too. I just feel like they have they have the kryptonite. I think the Eagles showed you that. Well, no, really, the Vikings showed it to you. The Eagles showed you you can win by running the ball and throwing it on them after you start running and you, you have that good balance, which the Vikings don't have right now. And Dallas, much like the Eagles, still has that. Now, I don't know if they're as prolific offensively. They can be at times. At times, as you saw last week, they cannot be. But I do think them being at home, playing that defense, they can do that. So yeah. uh, I, Dallas, I like Dallas. I, I, Dallas, there's one game I like better. I know we're going to get to our locks. Uh-huh. But that game is, I like Dallas. They would be in a three-teamer for me. Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right, I, let's, I really like Dallas a lot. Let's get to the locks of the week. Mike, why don't you start with yours? Uh, I like Chicago, minus five on the road. I hate betting road favorites, but in this case, I got to do it. Uh, they're playing Oakland, who's coming off of a win, so there's some thought like, oh, maybe Oakland's not that bad. They went to Indy last week. Khalil Mack's going to have seven sacks in this game. He's going to get to go into <laughs> Oakland. That's it? <laughs> right? Uh, well, before the Good show, I said prop. 27. Yeah. I think I lowered it down to seven. <laughs> um, I think the Bears' defense is just going to overwhelm uh, a very pedestrian Oakland offense. Mack over there with that defense, I think they're all all day in the face of Carr. And I think the Bears' offense – with Chase Daniels, might be a little bit more efficient just in the short game. And what they do well is short. Montgomery, yeah. Gabriel, uh, I don't know if Gabriel's going to play, but um, uh, Cohen, sure. they just need a guy to kind of just shortly get them the ball. I love the Bears in this spot with Mac terrorizing Oakland and the five. I'll take the five. I, even if it's 10-3, it's a winner for you. Bears trying to rebound after I think it was an 0-2 start. Then that no, they were, they're 3-1 they're and now. They no, lost on right. opening night. They won three straight. One start, right. yeah, their defense has been outstanding. I think it overwhelms Oakland. Uh, and like I said, even if they win, like, even if you think the Bears offense can't score, they get a defensive touchdown and win 10-3, to that's mm-hmm. a cover. Ryan, what's your lock of the week? I like the Saints. We talked about it earlier. I'll take the Saints minus 3.5. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tampa Bay's for real. Huge win. Give them credit. MG brings up some good points. They're much better coach this year. I'm just not a believer in Winston. I think he can throw for 60 points one week and throw for six the next. I think the Saints send a message here, and they're playing well without Breeze. I think that snowball continues to pick up, and they get the win and cover against Tampa Bay. All right, I'm going to go against the grain of my normally do, but my lock of the week is the Patriots giving 15 That's to their Washington. I don't love spreads that high, especially for road teams, but this is a this is different. You don't even know what Washington quarterback is playing. They're so beat up. Could no have been 25. Left tackle still holding out. They just don't have the defense. Like the Bills have a good secondary, a good defense, so they could hold they could they could challenge New England at home. But the Washington doesn't have anything, I think, that can slow down the New England offense. And I think Brady and, and the offense is going to be kind of frustrated coming off only scoring 16 points against the Bills, and they're going to take that out on the Washington Redskins. So my lock of the week, New England giving 15 to the Redskins. Ryan's is the Saints giving 3.5 to the Bucks in New Orleans. And Mike 
is taking the Bears, giving five in Oakland against the Raiders. Before we close this out, Mike, I know you wanted to uh, get to a college game or two that you really love. Yeah, well, hot, you know, uh, yes, <laughs> nine out of ten last week. Let's keep it going. And uh, Temple minus eleven Friday night against East Carolina. Uh, last nine games as a double-digit favorite. Temple has not performed two and seven against the spread. They've lost outright four times, so they're a double-digit favorite against the Pirates. Not a good spot for Temple there. Uh, West Virginia takes on Texas. Texas two and seven against the spread in their last nine as a Big Twelve favorite. Mm. West Virginia struggling this year, but has played better in their last couple and. Texas also f- plays Oklahoma next week. They failed to cover the week before six out of seven times in that situation. Pitt versus Duke. Last nine games as a favorite. Duke, 0-9 against the spread. They've lost wow. eight of them straight up. Pitt has done a job of beating teams that they're underdogs to. They mm-hmm. lose to the bad teams. They they hang in there against good teams. Uh, Duke's favored by four in that one. Matt Rule won me money last week. He's 12 and 3 straight up when he's an underdog of less than 7 points this week. Their fav- their uh two and a half point dog Baylor is Baylor's undefeated. Wow. I love Baylor in that spot against Kansas State. Uh Georgia 3-9 and 1 against the spread last 13 against Tennessee. They're getting 24 and a half this week at Tennessee. So that's something to keep an eye on. And last one, uh Iowa 1 and 6 against the spread in its last 7 uh, as an underdog in the Big Ten, they're getting three and a half this week against Minnesota. Ooh, so uh, there's nice. some college plays for you. All right. Some college trends for you. You now, can do what you want with them. We'll call that the college I'm corner. to take them all. Yeah, courtesy of Mike Gill. And remember, the man is on fire, so listen to what he has to say. All right, that's going to do it for the All In Podcast on 97.3 ESPN. For Mike Gill, Ryan Rossine, and Jeff Mosher, always reminding you how to make that money this is the all in podcast with mike jeff and ryan on 97.3 espn and 97.3 espn.com